This is the beautiful game. Oh, it's incredible! Described by two uglies. Stupendous! Welcome to Bone and Beam United. This is a thing of genius. Happy Soccer Podcast Day. What is up? I am Bone. And I am a very distracted beam. Yeah, it's uh, it's Soccer Podcast Day every Thursdays when we record this. And Thursday, this time of year, this is, this is golf day. Specifically today is Master's Day. A lot of masters going on over there. Yeah, of course, man. It's uh, it's my favorite week of the year. I absolutely love it. Can't get enough of it. And uh, I'm just super excited for this week, Bone. As you know, I mean, getting to know me over the course of the last, you know, five, six years, however long we've worked together. Mm-hmm. It's something I enjoy way more than I probably should. I will end up probably watching like around 40 hours of coverage this week. Uh, I will watch all day today. I will watch all day tomorrow. And then Saturday, Sunday, we'll get ramped up for the coverage on that. But you get to peek into one of the nicest golf courses in the country. So as we're sitting here doing this, I am currently watching uh, Augusta National on like ESPN Plus and watching the Masters. So holes four, five, and six. We got featured coverage coming on at 10 o'clock. So that's great. Featured groupings, all that good stuff. The course looks like it's in great shape. Greens are running like crazy on the stimp meter. I mean, it's a bloodbath early on and I can't get enough of it. Love the stimp. Love talking. Love talking about the stimp. That's right. Stimping ain't easy, (laughs) Bone. Yeah, that's it. I I will say that soccer, this is another way that soccer has taught me to be a good human. It's sad I didn't know this prior to just being a soccer fan, but like personally for me, I will flip on a round of golf. I enjoy the I enjoy the lush greenery. I enjoy yeah. watching someone hit a tee shot. I enjoy it when someone holds out from like 35 feet, you know, or a a big, you know, birdie or an eagle or something at a, at a crucial moment. Those are all great moments we can all enjoy. But as far as sitting there watching it day to day, it's not my thing, but I have, I, instead of just like crapping on it, like is the culture that we've developed in sports. Soccer has taught me, Hey, it sucks when that happens to you, when you're like excited about something in soccer and then you got all these people like, Oh, soccer, dumb, nah, and you just have to like <laughs> deal with that. So I have over the years learned, no one gives a shit that my opinion is that maybe I don't like this particular sport. They don't need to hear it today. So no, I, I am happy for you that this makes you happy. That's what I've learned through soccer and through getting crapped on by all bunch of other people for like. Well, you're soccer, a you're so. a good friend, unlike Tim Hall, who roots against your Mets in the World Series. You know that. <laughs> I mean, you're a way better friend than Timmy is. Throwing Austin Ward under the bus last night <laughs> he too. Did. He did. I mean, he was Chucked just him under it. Chucked you know, him right he, under the and bus. And he talks to your face like he's a great friend, Bone. And then whoosh, <laughs> he, I mean, he throws you right under the bus. So you know what, T Bone. You, my friend, are a great friend, uh, and everybody should have one like you. I don't know about that, but I appreciate that. That's very <laughs> nice for you to say. So, all right, what are we talking about today? Well, we talked all the golf we're probably going to talk for now, unless something big happens. If old John Rahm gets it cranked up, maybe we'll hear from Beamer. I don't know. But in the meantime, we're going to talk about Champions League, UEFA Champions League. It is the quarterfinals. you got eight teams left. We're going to talk about the four games that happened this week. Uh, we are also, though, going to talk just briefly 
about the CONCACAF Champions League. Now, by the time you hear this podcast, it may be mere hours before the crew are set to face Real Esteli in said CONCACAF Champions League. Mm -hmm. And previewing that game might be difficult, one, because neither you or I have ever seen, I don't think physically, a single minute of game action from Real Esteli. Oh, don't you tell me what I've okay. done and haven't done. I've gone backbone. <laughs> uh, big t- big Real Esteli guy. Big, big uh, Nicaraguan oh, yeah. soccer fan. Is that what mm-hmm. you are? You like to watch the Nicaraguan Pro League? Is that that's, Yes, of course. Yeah, as hard. we all do. As we all do. Uh, so what we will do, though, is we will talk a little bit about what it means to be CONCACAF, because that's a phrase you're going to hear. We had a good example of it uh, this week so far in the CONCACAF Champions League. But next week, I promise you, we will talk about this game. We will probably talk about what the implications are for the follow-up game, right? Because they play next Thursday as well at Crew Stadium. And then next Sunday, a week from this coming Sunday, that's the home opener for the crew. That's the start of MLS season. So we will have a full crew preview, little MLS preview, mostly crew preview coming up next week on the show. So that'll be a lot of fun. Let's talk, though, about CONCACAF. What does that mean? The CONCACAF federation that we're in they put on this Champions League. Yeah. And Beamer, it, it never fails. You you brought this up to me before the show yesterday. Philadelphia, Philadelphia Union, an MLS mm-hmm. team, they're playing Saprissa. Saprissa, one of the biggest clubs in this region of the world. Yep. They are the Costa Rican Giants, is Saprissa. Uh, they've been in this tournament many, many years. They're always pretty good in it. Last night, they were down one nothing. I believe this was at Saprissa, if I'm not mistaken. And so that's a big deal to be down one nothing at home in this tournament. That means you've given up an away goal. That's not great. So Philadelphia looking good late in the game, Saprissa pressing and one of the Philadelphia players trying to clear the ball out gets absolutely destroyed yeah. by uh, Blanco. I think it was, was the defender for Saprissa who just yeah Benny Blanco real reckless two 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 feet straight up in the air. No question about it. That's an instant red card. What does the CONCACAF referee do? (laughs) Runs over instantly and holds up a yellow card Mm -hmm. and then proceeds to yellow card like half of the Philadelphia Union because, (laughs) you know, their guy may have just had his ankle destroyed. So they thought maybe we should get in this guy's face and stop him from, you know, let him know how dissatisfied we were. So there were more union players that got penalties for that, like yellow cards out of that than than the Saprissa guys did. And I just... That is that is the CONCACAF experience right there, my friend. And and you just got to hope it doesn't swing your way for the crew to go in that direction because that can be bad. Yeah, it was outrageous. I mean, I was sitting there uh, last night, not watching the game, but I'm seeing all these tweets come in like, what in the hell was that? Like, what are we even doing here? I mean, Bone, you don't even have to watch soccer, right? And know like when you see that, if you had the basic understanding of what the game is and the fouling system, okay, there's a foul. Okay. Nothing happens. Free kick. You're on with your day. We see it. Whether you tug someone, you clip someone, whatever. All right. That's the majority of the fouls. Yellow card, eh, decently reckless, or you have accumulated so many little fouls where it's like, okay, you probably deserve to be warned. Red card means you have done something egregious. I don't know how in the world, and I'm sure that everybody else who is listening to this podcast, if you have seen that video or that highlight or we're watching the game, was a blatant red card. What are you even doing? Studs up, two feet, reckless challenge, sprinting, and don't even clip the ball. 
Like, no. what are we even doing here? So you're right. The term get CONCACAF, we talked about it a few weeks ago on this podcast as well. It is amazing. And so you're right. Like, yeah, crew, better team on paper than Ray Alistelli. Should be feeling good about your opportunities. Never quite know what's going to happen in a CONCACAF Champions League game with CONCACAF referees. Just one of plenty of examples that you can get into. Yeah. So this is, and if you wonder, well, why has MLS never won CONCACAF Champions League. DC United won the previous version of this tournament. It wasn't quite the same type of tournament. They won it back in the 90s. But since they've turned it into the CONCACAF Champions League, no MLS team has won. And you might say, well, why is that? Because MLS sucks. I mean, for a number of years, that probably was the case. There just wasn't as good a quality. But now, that's not it. Like, the difficulty lies in the fact that, number one, you do have to go on the road to much more hostile environments. And I'm not saying that to be like, you know, oh, America, it's just so safe and everywhere else is scary. I don't mean that. I mean, like you're going to, you know, places where, number one, the the field conditions are not always the same, right? Sure. I mean, sometimes you just go to some of these places and they just, you saw with Trinidad and Tobago, right? When the U.S. national team played there and not that that's why they lost, but that field was like completely flooded the day before. Just yeah, the, we the, like to call it a bobbly pitch, Bone. Bobbly pitch, indeed. Right. And and then you go to some places where they have, literally, they don't even play. I know this is M MLS, too, but they play on turf. They don't even play on real grass. Sometimes you go, and it's like Northwestern's grass in the Big Ten when they don't decide mm -hmm. to cut it, and everything, you know, is, is it's the grass is six inches long. Like, it's, it's a very weird experience just from that. Then you get the referees involved, which are always sketchy. It just seems like in CONCACAP, they don't always have the best referees. Uh, and then you're legitimately playing the best teams from this region of the country. And a lot of them, at least this time of year, they're in midseason form, right? I mean, a lot of these leagues have already been going. The second half of their season started up in, you know, January, early February at the latest, and they've been playing. So that's what you deal with when you play Mexico. Uh, you got a lot, of, you know, any of the teams from Mexico, they're always going to be tough anyway. They've got quality wise, it's them and MLS, right? They've got arguably the best talent. Uh, MLS is closing that gap, but that's why it's difficult. So you got to avoid injuries. You got to avoid the teams that are just willing to do stuff like what happened. That's priest game that I dude, I have watched a lot of MLS. I have watched a lot of, you know, soccer just in general. I mean, that's, that's as bad as I've seen in a while. I mean that, especially given where the moment was too, like Saprisa is pressing in stoppage time to try to get the tying goal. And they were right on the doorstep, and this one was about to get cleared out. And instead of just trying to lay out and get the ball, he just decided this player, well, I'm going to take out the Philly player, no questions asked, just going to try well, to ruin him. You can see that too. Like, I mean, a lot of times, oh, players get frustrated with the results yes. of what's happening. Yes. So, you know, Philly are winning this game. All of a sudden, you get a moment of rage where it's like, you know what? Screw this guy. Like, I'm just going in for a tackle. I'm going to be frustrated if I end up getting a red card or whatever. Not to say that it was premeditated, but, you know, you're damn near playing an entire 90 minutes and you're trailing. You feel like you should have had some, you know, better goal scoring opportunities, whatever. And a player can see red for a half a second. And the fact that he didn't get punished for it, it was a joke. It was yeah. an absolute joke. I would say it was premeditated because he was so far back. He actually started running towards the Philly player in 2020. It was actually <laughs> months ago that he started running like the run to go like he had plenty of time to go. You know what? I can't get this. I should pull up. I can't get this. I should pull up. Nope. Right for the ankles. Here I go. I mean, I, I still didn't actually hear uh, what the injury if, if 
the Philly player was injured or not, but well, it's not like either. I mean, it doesn't charging matter down on net and you're trying to save a goal and no. maybe you get a penalty or a red card. You're 80 yards away. Yeah. Like you're not even a close goal scoring opportunity. And like that, you can look at it. If it was that situation, say, okay, you know, I saved my team. We got a red card. They'll have to deal without me next game. Maybe we can do something like that. Like, okay, that, that case, I would kind of understand it. I don't know what happened. Yeah, it was it was outrageous. Lunacy, I tell you. Yeah, yeah. So there you go. That's a prime example. If you want to see that, I tweeted it out. at Degenerate T-Bone, but it's just search Saprisa and foul, and I'm sure it'll pop right up for you. But uh, yeah, that's the <laughs> that was rough. So let's hope that doesn't happen with the crew. Uh, but of course, that is tonight, uh, Thursday night, FS1, 8 p.m. All these CONCACAF Champions League games are on FS1, so you have plenty of an opportunity to watch them. And like I said, next week we will preview up the crew, uh, how this game went, and what their chances are going forward in Champions League as well as the MLS season. Uh, one other quick crew-related thing. Did you see the uh, owners panel that they've convened for next week? No. So they're doing like media availability every day. They're trying to have different people, owners, players, talking to the media, kind of create a week leading up to the opening of MLS season. Um, they did an owners panel where three owners have been invited. Uh, to discuss just the state of soccer in the U.S. and where MLS is headed and World Cup in 2026, all kinds of stuff. Uh, one of the owners is uh, Carl Linderner III, who is the owner of FC Cincinnati. One of the owners invited was, uh, you know, D Haslam, Sweet D, our gal, owner of the mm -hmm. crew. You want to take a stab at who the third owner was? Anthony Precourt. Yes, Anthony Precourt is going to be on a, on a panel uh, with D Haslam, I think I think we should apply for media availability and watch that, and maybe record it and break it down <laughs> at some point in the future. But yeah, that I think is like Tuesday at noon. I want to say. Um, I hope they make the that open to the people. I hope they make that open to the public because my God, D Haslam and and Anthony Precourt standing there on the same or no, they're not going to be standing next to each other. They're going to be on Zoom. I'm quite sure, but. Oh, can you imagine when they ask Anthony Precourt, like, oh, what do you, well, we're really excited about soccer. It's so great. And we think all the teams and she's just going to be rolling her eyes like you absolute dumpster fire. God, I can't wait to watch that. That's going to be awesome. So there you go. Get ready. MLS season coming for you next week. Uh, we'll take a break. When we come back, we'll talk Champions League. You're listening to Bone and Beam United. Welcome back to Bone and Beam United. All right, Beamer, where do you want to start with, uh, I don't want to say the real Champions League, UEFA Champions League. They're they're all Champions Leagues here, buddy. It's CONCACAF, it's UEFA. Who can say which one's better, honestly? But where do you want to start with Champions League in Europe? Yeah, I think we can just start with the games uh, as they happen in sequence, Bone. I mean, let's start off with the Reds of Liverpool, right? I mean, they've been struggling in the Premier League. They've been pretty good in the Champions League up to this point. You're wondering, like, okay, I mean, can they salvage the season by getting another Champions League crown or moving pretty far into it? Now, they're in the round of eight. They drew Real Madrid in the Champions League uh, quarterfinals. Thinking to yourself, okay, nice little game here. I mean, that we've got nice little two-leg fixture. Real Madrid, they've looked a little shaky this year, of course, in their their league as well. What are these two teams, these juggernauts, the top of world football going to do? And Real Madrid, Bone, no surprise. I think, well, actually, I guess it is a surprise. Either way you're looking at it, uh, they hammered Liverpool, man. I mean, absolutely hammered them. 
It was quite the game. Junior, again, Vinicius, unbelievable performance from him. He gets a brace, 27th and 65th minute goal. Marco Asensio puts one in. They're up 2-0 heading into halftime. Mo Salah gets one back. You're thinking to yourself, okay, you know, are Liverpool going to press? Are they going to salvage something out of here? And then Vinicius again, 65th minute, big winner there. They go now on the road, Bone, two-goal advantage for them. You look at the stats, you know, Liverpool, good amount of possession. They just could not get anything going in the offensive zone. I mean, I mean, what did uh, Real Madrid have? Seven shots, eight shots on goal, I believe. So good performance by uh, yeah. Los Blancos and Liverpool in big trouble now. Yeah, and I think that that point you made, or when you're talking about where the, the goals came from with uh, Salah scoring there in the 51st minute, that I think was a huge turn of events for Vinicius to come back and get the second one about 10 minutes yeah. later because that is where you start to have the doubts creep in, I would think. You know, especially, like you said, Real Madrid not had, not having been quite at the level that they have been expected to be, which is a pretty high bar to reach every single year, I, I grant. But yeah, to come back 10 minutes later and say, all right, now you're not getting back into this game. We're going to make sure this is the way it stays. That was a big goal for him. Obviously, both goals were hugely important. So really for Real Madrid, the, the job is get a goal on the road at Anfield or wherever they're playing this game. I don't remember if they can actually play it at Anfield. I'm thinking they can't. Anyway, wherever they play it, go get a goal, and then you're pretty much – it feels like you'd be through, right? I mean, you you tie them up on away goals, and then you've got a two-goal advantage going into the game. So if you can get an away goal, I think you're in pretty good shape for Real Madrid. So – yeah, they, they would look like they're going to be a pretty easy bet to get through to the next round uh, to the semifinals. Uh, and then let's go to Manchester City and Dortmund. Uh, mm-hmm. City gets the they get the victory controversially, I think, to say the least. Yes. I mean, we're talking about bad calls in CONCACAF. Dortmund got uefa there in that game because that they got was something. Well, that was absolutely a goal that the the ball. It's they're down one nothing to City. And charging in on goal, ball is free. Allison comes out. It's not even a question. Like he doesn't. Yeah. What have, did you? What did Jude Bellingham do? Like that's my question. Like what did he do wrong? Nothing. He took he took the ball out of the air and and went around the goalkeeper and the goalkeeper fell over like he got shot and the referee bought it. That's really what happened. And I don't know why do we have all this all this technology and everything else if you can't just instantly look at that and say, oh yeah, never mind. That's not a foul. Like. There's no question that that I don't understand how that gets taken off the board or blown dead or whatever. You know, I guess it wasn't taken off the board, right? They blew it dead right as it was happening. Sure. But yeah, that was that was just BS, complete BS. And I don't know that Man City still doesn't find a way to win this game, right? I mean, they're they're pretty great. They're flying. Well, sure, right now. I don't know. I you know you, you look at their situation that they found themselves in the last Champions League. It's always been the one that has eluded them. So if that goal from Bellingham stays up in the board, who's to say that they win the game two to one? I, I don't know what happens with that. And you look at that, the situation that unfolded, I think it was pretty despicable, right? I mean, Marais fouls Bellingham, actually. Like, he got his studs into his shins. Mm-hmm. Bellingham continues to dribble. Okay, foul is blown dead. I'm thinking when I'm watching it, like, okay, we're going to get a free kick here or a penalty. I don't know. I think it was just outside of the box. And then the refs blow it dead and City has possession. I'm literally screaming at my TV. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, this can't. This can't happen, and well, that like right. firestorm to what happened. But I don't know. I, I, if that goal goes in at that point of the game, I am not here to tell you that Manchester City wins that game 
or doesn't draw. Like I've got no clue what their resilience is. Like we talk about all the time, the psychology in sports, you go down in a champions league spot where you're expected to compete for a title now. And then you do that. What's the mentality of the team? Like, here we go again. I'm not necessarily sure if they win. Yeah. I mean, you can easily, I'm sure the city fans point to the fact that like they gave up the tying goal in the 85th minute or 84th minute, sure. or whatever it was right around there. And then, Phil Foden, who's just been a revelation, comes out and and gets the winner. Like in the 90th, gets it done. You'd say, all right, maybe maybe that's just the way it was going to go, no matter what. Maybe if this game was tied up one one earlier, they get that winner sooner. And then you know, but you just don't know. And and not being able to see how the game would play out otherwise, it's unfortunate. Referee un, just completely as botched that call 100, percent and it's it's too bad because. I do think Dortmund is a is a great team in, the, in their own right, and I thought they were in this game pretty well. Getting that tying goal was pretty amazing, and then you just give it up in Mark the 90th Mark Royce, minute. the ageless wonder, isn't he? He's amazing. He's ridiculous, man, how long he's been. Like, when you see just some of the guys he's played with over the years, yeah, just some of the old photos of him, and you're like, wow, I forgot how long it is he's been playing, but there he is. Yeah, he's been there forever, so... Yeah, it's just that was a that was a good victory for Manchester City. You can question whether or not that goal. I, I know that goal should have gone in, should have counted. They shouldn't have blown that dead. That was ridiculous to me. So, uh, and after the game, they had a little uh, controversy yeah. the other way, right? <laughs> Erling Holland giving his jersey to uh, one of the assistant referees. That's yeah, I think he was signing some sort of cards bone. And I actually saw this from ESPN FC. They just posted this about ten minutes ago. Uh, if you if you weren't aware of what was happening after the game, so as the players are walking into the tunnels. A referee stopped Erling Holland and asked for an autograph. And like, that looks, you know, a little suspicious. Like, why would a referee do that? And I forget who the commentators were on. And I'm not sure if I was watching Sky Sports or, you know, whatever it was coverage after the game. I think the pundit had a really great thing to say. He's like, you know, if you want Erling, you know, referees are fans and we understand that. And they're fans of the players. And that's okay. They called the game fairly. Look at the call that was made on City's behalf. I mean, it went the other way. So it's not like there's some mega rules controversy that's brewing. And so he asked for the player's autograph. And I think the biggest thing to come out of that was, okay, if you're going to do it, maybe pull them aside where there's no other players around to make the other players like feel bad about themselves. And I thought that was a pretty good point to have. Uh, I also just saw this, like I said, ESPN FC posted uh, with the card that he signed bone. He's actually putting up for auction for a children's charity. So I guess, you know, that was the situation that happened with that. Now, if he wasn't caught on camera, is he given those? <laughs> I don't, right. I, I don't know. I can't speculate on that, but it was uh, precarious to say the least. Yeah. It definitely makes you wonder what would have happened if no one had caught this. Is that just for right. his personal collection or was that always for a children's charity? Don't know the answer, but you know, here's the other thing too, I'll bring up and I don't really care about how the other players feel. I mean, I know that's what that logic is interesting, but here, here's what I would say in our jobs beamer as you know we get to meet famous athletes from time to time they swing by you know big media personalities come through the station when we worked at a station and we weren't at home and so we've had opportunities to meet you know players who are in some cases you know nfl hall of famers we've had chances to meet guys who have been in broadcasting worked at espn for decades yeah there's there's people that would probably if i were not in the job I would say, wow, it'd be kind of cool to get a, you know, a photo with them or a, an autograph or something like that. That's typically frowned upon in our line of work. But here's the other side of that. If I really want some player's autograph, 
we have enough contacts, you and I probably, and, and certainly other people we work with at the station, where if I said, man, there's a player I really want their autograph, I bet if I thought hard about it, I could find someone that I know at the station who could help yeah. me reach out to that person or their agent or someone and say, hey, I've got a friend who just wants an autograph. When you get a chance, can you send a picture? And that would probably happen, right? Don't you think guys who are refing at this level, you're refing a yes. Champions League game, don't you think they have enough connections in soccer to say, hey, privately, quietly, do this outside of the limelight. I'm just a fan of yours. I'd like to get a jersey or something autographed. Is there a way we can make that happen? I don't want it to look untoward. I don't want it to cause controversy. Right. I just am a fan. I, I'm sure there's ways that that has been done and can be done. So just to like hit a guy up right after a game, also right after a loss too, by the way. Right. You know, not that not that you know Erling Holland isn't a generous guy and probably would have no problem signing for however amount of time he's asked to, but yeah, it's just it just looks like bad form. It's just not good. I don't think you should be doing that. No, I'm with you on that. It's just uh yeah, it's really weird. But yeah, one of our coworkers, Bone, I mean, he knows every single person in the world, you know, and he would ask for autographs right away. I mean, even when they were in the studio. So, you know, I mean, maybe we just contact him, Former, see if we can get an Erling Holland signature. Maybe he was even a, a professional soccer player at one point. For <laughs> former coworker he, mm -hmm. he knows a lot of people he's he's very <laughs> very popular on the gram or at least mm -hmm. he's he's on the gram doing his mm -hmm. thing anyway uh we'll move on from that uh but uh so talk about the other german team not a not a good uh, uh quarterfinal round for the german squads because bayern munich much more i don't know i don't know if it's that shocking giving how good psg has been but they give yeah. up Bayern gives up three goals to PSG. They lose three to two at home. This is a massive result for Paris Saint-Germain, and they are just flying right now. I, I Best team in the world at this point? Hard to argue, right? I, I, like, if we just have to say right now today, who is the team that is the most dangerous team in the world? I would say any team with Kylian Mbappe on, it's got to be right up there, right? I mean, he's, he's as good as it gets, but yeah, that Paris Saint-Germain team is just absolutely nails right now, and, and they took it to Bayern. Yeah, they're stunning, right? You look at what Kylian Mbappe is for that team, and we know he's one of the world's best players. But to do it on that stage against the champions in Bayern, who had just been soaring, is pretty hard to comp you know comprehend. At least, I mean, Bayern gave a fight in this game. You go down in, you know, what was it, three or four minutes in the game, Mbappe scores. Yeah. Marquinhos comes back in the 30th minute, somewhere around there. Like, you're down 2 nothing at home. Like, you got to hit the gas pedal. And credit to Bayern, they did that. I mean, they scored Eric Chupamoting with a, a nice little goal in the 38th minute, I believe. They get one back. Thomas Mueller, we're talking about ageless wonders. I mean, that guy <laughs> yeah. literally broke FIFA's, uh, FIFA's, like analytics to try and like actually rate him at, as a video game. It's a pretty incredible read. I forget where I was reading that. There's like, he's not really great at anything. And so his actual FIFA rating would be like a 62, but they had to like boost all of his stats. Cause like, he's not this bad. So no, no, uh, he's, he doesn't. Yeah. He's one of the, it's like Tom Brady where go, go time, go run his 40 time. And not it's great. not going to be impressive. Go watch him on the bench press. Go watch any of the drills pretty much. But there's just obviously he's insanely accurate and he gets it done time after time after time. And that's Thomas Muller. Like he is just still a part of these great teams for so many years. Obviously, we're saying this as his team gave up three goals. But right. No, typically this is, you know, this is why he's it's so shocking when this team does play like that, because, uh, you know, 
it's just a testament to PSG because usually no, no Robert Lewandowski either. Yeah, I mean, that's that was fair, a, right? That's that was fair. a big thing. Like he didn't play in that game. He's one of the best strikers in the world still, but give credit to PSG, man. We have said this all season long as we got into the knockout rounds of this competition, your three major contenders for this title this year, Manchester city, they got things done against Dortmund. Okay. Feeling pretty good about that. Two, one lead feeling good. And then your other two are the teams that are facing up in this matchup, right? PSG and Bayern Munich. Those were the other two, and one has to get eliminated. This tie is far from over, Bone. It is far from over. No, but it's... I, Bayern is not going to go quietly into the dark night. They're not going to ride away into the sunset. But being realistic, looking at the PSG team, it's going to take a mighty effort for the Bavarians to make it through to the next round. Yeah, well, and and here's the reality, man. Uh this this team is just so good what PSG has and we didn't even talk about him but Neymar just dropping some dimes out there he oh he is like yeah. when you get fully engaged Neymar and fully engaged Kylian Mbappe <laughs> good luck to any other team in the world i mean that's that's just those two guys together is such a great pairing and and they are just so dangerous you there's really no way to describe it other than they are just both together a an otherworldly combo that Probably should be illegal, but here we are. That's it's not, and we get to enjoy it. If you're just a if you're just a casual observer, I know you're a Bayern fan, but just watching it as you know a a, a neutral, it's just fantastic to see. So yeah, yeah. I've I've kind of gotten over that in the past years. Like I enjoy watching Bayern because I do think they're an exciting you know exciting team to watch. But at the same time, like I'm not openly cheering for them. I think it's just it's amazing what Kylian Mbappe and Neymar do together. Like I just enjoy watching them play. So if they crash out to PSG, fine, whatever. You served them a uh, cold dish last year in the final. So if they get you this year, hey, there's nothing to hang your hat on, man. It's the best team in the world. Yeah, I will say soccer has again talking about life lessons from soccer. Soccer has taught me that it can be just fun to watch a sport without having a rooting interest. Yeah, for it just, sure. It can just be fun to sit down and appreciate the game for what it is. Because so many years it would be like, well, I don't have a team. Why am I watching like whatever sport, right? If it's like, oh, well, these two teams are playing, but I don't really care who wins. No, I, I, I am. It's I'm, almost more fun watching yeah, games like that. Because then you, because then especially like when you factor in all the social media stuff, where you can just be involved in it with other people who are all like, we don't care who wins. Holy hell, that was amazing! Like that, right? That's way more fun. Not like that, the I Gonzaga mean, game from last weekend against UCLA. Like, yes, holy, holy f! What a great right? game to watch, right? That was a fantastic basketball game. Didn't really matter who you were rooting for. Obviously, there were storylines, but the end of the day it was just a phenomenal sports experience and that's what we're looking for and that's what psg Bayern promises to be again it already was uh so we'll see hopefully if they can put together another gem like that next week but yeah that should be pretty epic uh now let's talk uh finally chelsea they get it done against porto i think mm -hmm. in probably probably the i don't i don't know that any of these results were necessarily shocking that we just mentioned but this one certainly was the least shocking of any of yeah. the ones i think we saw chelsea's been playing really well Thomas Tuchel has the boys just going at an insane level right now. Mason Mount, by the way, Oof, is stunning. What a turn. Stunning. What a turn that was on his goal. Oof. He's he's something, man. He is he is special for sure. So, yeah, they they look rocked and ready to go. I think uh, you get two away goals. I know they're not going to be able to play at Stamford Bridge. They're going to be going to, like, Sevilla, I think, is where they play their home game, I want to sure, say. I don't Whatever. know. Yeah, it's weird. Anyway... Yeah, so Chelsea played in Gibraltar for all I care. <laughs> yeah, but they're in good stead. They should be fine. But you know, it's funny. Like we were talking earlier about Thomas Tuchel and how I thought for sure he was going to be paired up with Dortmund in this. You know, if if there was any type of 
you know, with the draw that they would do something to try to get him against his old club. Well, he may not get that chance at all. That that may be done. Chelsea may be moving on to the court or the semifinals, and unless Dortmund can turn it around at home, we'll see. Uh, but yeah, that's gonna be it's gonna be fun to watch this next round. So uh, I said next week, and that is correct. I'll give you the schedule very briefly. PSG Bayern is Tuesday, uh, April thirteenth at three p.m. As is Chelsea and Porto. Then you've got Wednesday, both games at 3 p.m., Liverpool and Real Madrid and Dortmund and Manchester City because it makes total sense to play both these games at the same time. Why Why not stagger them out so you could have all four games to be their own separate time? No, let's have We've them. We've talked about this. People in charge are stupid uh, at every level. You have four games. Four. Why, you know what? Put them all on the same day at the same time. Let's put. Let's just do that sure. and be completely done with it. It's annoying. Why should I have to pick between these two games? Why I would like to watch PSG Bayern and then also Chelsea Porto. I would like to watch Liverpool and Real Madrid and also Dortmund Man City. Let's put them on at you know noon and three or whatever time that is wherever these games are being played. Let's not have them both be at three p.m. Eastern. That's so stupid. Anyway, yeah, there you go. Classic American. Very selfish of you, Boone. <laughs> that's exactly right. All right, that's <laughs> that's it for us. Beamer's got golf to watch. We have got uh, crew to cheer on in yes. the CONCACAF Champions League. And of course, next week, we will talk about how that game went and preview up the crew season as it heads into MLS and maybe even about how Sweet D Haslam murdered Anthony Precourt dead on a Zoom call. <laughs> One can only hope. That's it for us. We'll talk to you next week. It's been Bone and Beam United. Have a great weekend.